When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. It's uh, Alan Carpenter and Fred Owens with you. Say hi, Hello. Fred. Hello. Hi, Fred. <laughs> uh, we're here. We're in a good mood because the Atlanta Braves are just about to clinch the NL East despite all our uh, concerns and hand-wringing and concern-trolling that we've been doing over the last month. They have put everything together and come up with a... Uh, a set of wins in the last week that has propelled them to the top and kept them out of the reach of the Philadelphia Phillies, who are about to go down swinging again tonight, and we'll, we'll see how that all transpires. But in the meantime, we're about to have some playoff baseball on our hands next week, and that's a good thing. What we've seen the last week is that after that uh, suspended game in in San Diego where the Braves were already down a run when it started and then finished down a run, the Braves swept the rest of the series against the Padres and have come out now and are on the verge of sweeping off the uh, Philadelphia Phillies in two critical series that had not only just playoff implications, but playoff sort of style and, and feel to them as, as has been going on. So we've been seeing the best of the Atlanta Braves so far this week, and hopefully we're going to see the best of it as as we go along here. So, Fred, tell me how in the world the Braves managed to pull it off in San Diego. Let's start there. Boy, um, I smoke and mirrors. I, <laughs> I, I the, and the Padres kept coming back, and then then we would come back. I expected the Padres to play a lot better than they did, and and they didn't play very well at times. They didn't pitch as well as as I thought they probably would. Uh, but it just seemed like every time they got their nose in front, like when Machado hit that ball uh, to the other side of uh, Orange County, um, the I was certain that was it. And then we come back and get the get the lead right back. Uh, okay, we ended up not winning the game, but but still, the the team decided they weren't going to lose, and, and somehow 
Will Smith loaded the bases twice and didn't allow a run. I, I'm not sure how that's even possible, but it, it was just, I just think that they just weren't going to lose. Uh, you know, even extra inning, I don't think anything was going to bother them. I think they were going to win. Uh, once, once Smith blew that first game, they said, well, that's it. That's it. We're not doing that crap anymore. And, and they just went out and won and they carried that, carried that back with them. And uh, the Phillies are feeling the wrath. Yeah, this is something that we haven't seen a lot of out of Atlanta is the the notion that they go out to the West Coast and start winning ball games, and they did that in Arizona, they did that in San Diego, and I honestly think that's going to help their psyche if and when they have to go out to the West Coast again for a, uh, for a playoff series, which which would be possible if they can get by uh, Milwaukee. This is real good. I don't know how they did it either. I, I saw some improvements going as we we're going along, but, I mean, think about it. On the Saturday and Sunday games in San Diego, we were up to the fourth and fifth starting rotation slots. And I say slots because right now there's pretty much nobody who's really filling those slots. We've talked about the fact that uh, the Braves really don't have any uh, confidence in anybody that can roll out right there. Tukey has been relegated to AAA. Uh, Wasker Yanoa is is pitching because there's really nobody else, frankly. What ended up happening Saturday and Sunday were effectively bullpen games, and yet they won both of them. And so that right there uh, meant that they're way ahead of the game. And they, it also helped set them up for nice one, two, three against Philadelphia, which is exactly what the, the doctor ordered, exactly what they needed. And and so far they're they're pulling that off. Yeah, the, the the one thing I noticed out there that we 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 briefly mentioned before was coming on, Dansby Swanson starting to hit the ball to right field again. Yep, and and that's an indication that Dansby's swing is coming back, and we've seen that against Philadelphia. When Dansby starts hitting the ball to the opposite field with authority, then his home runs will come to left, his home runs will come to right. But when he's hitting that gap in right center field, uh, he's dangerous, and and he's feeling. I think he's feeling the championship of the season coming. And your swing's getting back in the groove. And if you've got the skills and you know how to do it, the, the middle part of the game is big. And I think that's big, particularly for Swanson. And and this time of year, I think it's good for him. Yeah, timing is everything. And for a while there in September, he was hitting, I think, something like a, a buck thirty uh, on, on the month. And obviously, something had to change there. He's been dropped in the order, but again, but uh, at the same time, you're right. Uh, he, he's been having better at bats. He's been driving the ball better. He didn't get the results really in San Diego. I think he did have one three-hit game, something like that. But uh, a lot of the results were still balls being stung at people that didn't fall for hits. But at the same time, you, you still could see that and, and think, yeah, something's about to happen. I mean, heck, tonight's game, uh, as as we're watching here, there was a sequence where Travis Darno got into a uh, a funk of not being able to lay off Kyle Gibson's slider, and Gibson threw three pitches six inches to a foot outside, and, and Travis flailed at every one of them. Dansby then comes up immediately afterwards. Gibson throws two of those outside again, and and Dansby just spit on him. He didn't offer him at, at all, and then ended up uh, drawing a walk. That is not the kind of Dansby Swanson we were seeing at the beginning of September, and and certainly uh, what he's done later now in this game, a, a ringing double off the right center field wall, is real good news. So 
the Braves have got their long lineup back again, effectively. Uh, they, they've got guys who can hit from one to eight. Uh, Freddie Freeman's struggling, but that's, I'm, I'm chalking that up to good pitchers making sure that he didn't beat them. Unfortunately, there's eight guys in the lineup that could beat you right now. And that's why Philadelphia is losing these first two games is because the Braves have been doing that. Uh, yeah, part, of the, part, of, and the part of that long lineup is, is Riley coming out of that two-week funk when he was hitting like 240 uh, with a six, 670 or something OPS. When he come out of that funk, he come out of it hard. And, and he's, been, he's been, since that time, since the first two weeks, he's been back to the guy who right after the All-Star break just destroyed, just started destroying pitching again. Uh, and that makes it really hard for a pitcher. Says, well, I'll get by Freeman and, oh, wait, there's Riley and there's Duvall and, uh, you know, uh, there's and, and an on and where'd this Solaire guy come from? Wasn't he crap and wasn't he crap in Kansas City? Although he did hit Kyle Gibson for 450 feet home run in 2019, but uh, all of a sudden, all these guys who have this baggage are playing well, and all the guys who were in a funk are coming out of it. And like you said, the lineup is long, it's deep, and if you make a mistake to any of them, it's a souvenir. And they're doing it against the kind of pitching you were going to expect to see in the playoffs. I mean, at least uh, with the case of Wheeler. Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson can't quite put them in that kind of category. But at the same time, uh, they're still the best that Philadelphia had to offer. And Atlanta's hit them, at least it's hit them enough that uh, they're getting some runs on the board. And the the one, two, three, Morton, Freed, and, and Anderson are certainly doing their part to shut this team down. So if, if this is a microcosm of what we expect next week, then uh, I think uh, the chances may be uh, improving for, for Atlanta, maybe uh, do something uh, next week. Well, now, Nola had a bad couple of first couple of innings. And then all of a sudden he's, he, he put, he got like four or 10 or 12 in a row out. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he found his groove. And when Noah's in his groove, he's really good. He started rough. We got to him early. But, yeah, he's not had a great season either. But there was a stretch there when the Braves were just looking at the ball going, where'd that come from? I didn't see that. Where'd that? <laughs> they just do anything with him there for like three innings. And Girardi was going to ride Nola until he collapsed in a lather because he didn't have anybody else to bring in. So I, I think the Nola – I. I I'm a Nola fan. I like to, I like to see him on the mound. He's the better pitcher than he showed this year. But I think for that middle part of that game, he was pitching right up there with Wheeler for the best part of it. So I don't want to take too much away from the lineup on this. They've been very patient, and we won the first two games of this series without a home run. And yeah. that's that's been hard for us to do this year. You know, like 25 percent of the time we didn't hit a home run. Well, we didn't win the game. We hadn't hit a home run to win the game. So that, that these guys are good. They're they're now turning into people who are actually spitting on bad pitches and and trying just trying to hit the ball hard and trying to hit it far. Let's look at now the rest of the playoff picture for the for the majors. The National League is pretty cut and dried at this point, with one position left to determine. That's the National League West order of events, and even so, that one is that's going to be hard to change. That's <laughs> right now the 
Giants are not losing. The Dodgers can't win enough to overcome them. It's a two-game margin, so it's really looking like the Dodgers' streak of uh, division titles in a row is going to come to an end this weekend, and the Giants are going to take it, relegating the Dodgers to a play-in game against the St. Louis Cardinals, who finally Which I lost. Hope 15 innings. Which I hope goes 15 innings as well. <laughs> but uh, right now, I... I Kind of like the the Cardinals' chances because they're they're a team that's uh, got some momentum, and I don't know that anybody really wants to play them. But hey, this is what you get with a wild card game. It's winner take all, and and winner moves on. So the Dodgers uh, have essentially made their bed by not being able to uh, overcome the Giants, and now they're going to have to to sleep in it with. Uh, a game against the Cardinals middle of next week. So that's probably in the offing. Then the winner of that uh, wild card game is going to face the winner of the West, probably the Giants again. Meanwhile, the Braves look like they're set up to play the Milwaukee Brewers. They had split the season series three games apiece. So no real obvious advantage there. Everybody's going to have their best ready to go starting next Friday night. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I, the pitching and the, between the pitching and the hitting, these teams really look like they're about even, uh, in, in my estimation. What do you think, Fred? Have we got anything in particular that, uh, stands out to you? Well, I, uh, on the Dodgers thing, everybody talks about you know, the Giants magic number. The Dodgers magic number is seven. And there's only four games for them left to play. So they have to come up with some version of them winning three or four and the Giants losing three or four. And if they, if they win, uh, if they do that and they end up with the same record, they play the Giants in a 163 play in game on Monday in San Francisco. Yep. And because the Giants have the home field advantage because they beat the Dodgers 10 times out of 19 this year, 10 to 9. Uh, the Brewers team, uh, is a typical Craig Council team. That they they're just greater than the sum of their parts. They they don't have the guy. Uh, they don't have you know old Daryl uh, Segura doing a thing doing us a favor. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we we take these errors. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll take all all errors are taken with with kindness. Uh, but I guess Willie Adamas has been the guy. But if you look around their lineup, uh, they don't really have. You know, if you say, well, who's the superstar? You go, well, Lorenzo Cain, uh, Yelich, yes, but he hasn't been Yelich this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Yelich and Cain, uh, Adamas, and then name the rest of the team. Um, Colton Wong, yeah, okay. Who's playing first? Is that Suarez? He playing first? He playing first? I don't know, but uh, the, they're greater than the sum of the parts, and that's part of that is Craig Council's running of the team. He's far better manager than, than people give him credit for. Uh, the problem he's had is Devin Williams punched a wall when he got drunk. Why? Why would you do that? I don't even know why you're getting drunk this time of year. I, I mean, you know, gee whiz, guys. But he took away his seventh inning guy. Now they have a bullpen full of horses, and I, you know, I'm I fairly confident that Freddie's going to score from first base. Um, yes, we're going to need some more <laughs> oxygen in the dugout. Uh, Travis Darno yeah. may be done with it by now, so you can pass it over to Freddie. It's four nothing Atlanta. And Ozzy's on third. The Brewers are a thinking team. They they don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. They play for the, that team to win the game, figuring that a rising tide brings all ships. And that's the way they've. That's why they've been as consistent as they've been with players that 
you know, okay, Loquet's old, long, he can't hit. And, uh, and Adamus, well, he was expendable. And by the way, don't ever trade with the Rays. Um, <laughs> and, and Adamus is expendable. And then you get Suarez and, 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 you know, you, he's never played this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden he's hitting home runs there. Uh, and, uh, so I think they're well managed. I think he's probably, if I was going to say, he's probably the best manager in the league right now. And they're well managed and well run, and they buy into the way they do things. So that's what makes them tough. Now, if if our if we can get our pitchers lined up, our one, two, three against them, we can be tough too. And then we're going to hit more home runs than they're going to hit. Uh, it's going to be a fight between. Between the uh, between the lineups and the commitment and the way they hit the good pitching, uh, it's, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a series. I I think it's going to be a great series to watch. Uh, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that. Interesting stat: the Milwaukee Brewers are 50 and 28 away from County Stadium or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, <laughs> 50 and 28 on the road. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, and then if I recall correctly, they did beat the Braves two out of three in Truist Park and vice versa. But, uh, still, that's, uh, an interesting little, uh, tidbit there. Yeah. I'm thinking that if we can, I mean, we're not going to beat their bullpen. We're going to need to beat their starters. And there is a history where the Braves have gotten to them. Wasn't able to finish off a couple of those games, but they have gotten to the starters, so they they can certainly do that. And if our starters can keep their their lineup at bay, and I think they can, then there's going to be a good shot at that. Let me get to the American League now, real quick. Um, that is a weird and wild dogfight. Seattle has gotten themselves into the playoff picture. Again, smoke and mirrors. Uh, a lot of things like that have been going on. Uh, the Yankees are currently, well, as I speak, uh, the Yankees have a one-game lead in the wild card, uh, the first wild card position over the Red Sox. And there's another game back before you get to the Blue Jays with Seattle sandwiched in between the Red Sox and Blue Jays. As we speak, though, the Orioles are beating the snot out of the Red Sox. It's six to one in the seventh inning. The Blue Jays are beating the Yankees. The Mariners are off tonight, so they get to watch and point and laugh at all these things going on. But it looks like there could be a dead on tie, uh, between the Red Sox and Yankees, uh, and the, and the Blue, well, actually the Blue Jays and the Red Sox tonight. And then the Yankees still just a, a whisper ahead of them, uh, while while Seattle is uh, creeping up by not even having to play. So this weekend is going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. I'm still thinking the Yankees are the team in trouble because they've got the worst uh, schedule. The Red Sox should be beating everybody. They've got the Orioles, and I think they've got the Nationals to go. Uh, but Right now, it's hard to say how that's going to play out. But whoever does get out of the the wild card has to play the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's going to be a very difficult task for anybody. Uh, meanwhile, the White Sox get to uh, go to Houston 
at least right now, that's the the order of events is that the White Sox will be traveling to Houston to play in that other divisional series matchup. Right now, I like the Astros. I like the Rays. And I like the Rays to come out of the American League as their representative of the World Series. We'll see how that transpires. But, uh, Fred, what have you been seeing with all this going on? Well, uh, I was, you know, they were running these numbers today, and I'm thinking, well, you could see um, tomorrow you could have two teams on 90 and two teams on 89 games going into the weekend, and the Yankees have to play the Rays. Um. I, I, I don't think that bodes well for the Yankees because I don't think the Rays like them very much. Yep. And, and I think, you know, uh, Boston goes to the Nationals and the Nationals aren't going to offer much, much in the way of opposition, but that's what we said about Baltimore. And the Baltimore team, where people misunderstand the Baltimore team is that they're going to score runs. The, the lineup produces runs. They do very well. But they score a lot of runs, and if they hang a big crooked crooked number on you early and get to a bullpen like the Red Sox has got uh, lately, um, they they can win the games. So I, it doesn't surprise me that they win when they hang that crooked number on you. I think we're going to have a one, game one sixty three in the American League on Monday, and we could easily have two, and and that would be wonderful. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. It would drive the networks crazy, but it would be great uh, great theater. And it would give somebody, uh, some, give the uh, American League teams that aren't there, the White Sox and Astros, going, man, just beat yourselves up. I mean, just, just, <laughs> just go up, just have fun. Bring the popcorn. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have this sneaking feeling that Dusty's going to get a ring this year. I, the, uh. the Astros lineup, the Astros lineup is tough. It is, they give up nothing at the plate, nothing. And Dusty has quietly taken another team to the postseason in a yeah. full season, and uh, and Grinky's probably going to be a reliever in the in the re, in the postseason. And they've got good pitching. And if it's Astros Rays, uh, I think it's Astros. I I just I just think there's a time that people some in baseball the baseball gods said, "Damn it, Dusty, you deserve this." I, I just I'm not. I've never was never a great fan of Dusty, but this job he's done in Houston after the debacle of the of the scandal and everything, with players hurt and and the COVID thing, I just think Dusty might might win that over there. I don't know, uh, but boy, I think Dusty might just do it. And if that happens, and is and the Braves, it's not the Braves in the World Series. Then I hope Dusty does it. Otherwise. Uh, you know, I, I hope Dusty loses to uh, loses to Snicker in the World Series, but I <laughs> I think I think Dusty's going to come out of the American League. I'm, I could be off base, but it's just a feeling. I don't. I think that Astros team. Nobody's talking about them because they're just quietly kicking everybody's ass. And it, the, everybody wants. Oh, what's the Yankees doing? They spent all that money. Oh, look at Boston. They spent all that money. And the Astros are a better team. The Astros mm-hmm. better need to one of them. And and frankly, they're better than White Sox too. So just like, it. it yeah. Just like the it, Rays it, have figured out how to win in the AL East without spending a lot of money, you're right. Well, Sorry. I mean, and the Astros spent some money, but they just nobody's talking about them. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just think, you know, who have you heard talking about the Astros this year? Who's been talking about Alex Bregman, who, by the way, didn't play most of the year? Oh, Correa is going to be a free agent. We hear about him, but you haven't heard about 
Framber Valdez or uh, uh, Yuri Goriel or uh, Altuve's having a hell of a year again, uh, and, and nobody knows who the pitcher is. And, and Michael Brantley, by the way, may win the batting title. Yes. And 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 who's who's talking about them? Nobody's talking about them that I've heard. You know, they pass them, they give them their three minutes or whatever. But everybody rants about uh, the Yankees, and everybody rants about the Red Sox. They're they're ranting now about the the White Sox. Uh, but and, and but I think that the, the team they're ignoring could easily do it. Yeah, you're right. The uh, I, I see the offenses of the Astros and Rays very similarly. Uh, they don't give away at bats. Uh, they don't uh, uh, go for the long ball all the time. They they do what they need to do with the, the pitches that they're given, and they take advantage of every break that they're handed from the opposition. They they do things quite differently in, on the pitching side in that. Uh, Anybody in the race has to be ready to go on almost a moment's notice uh, to get on the mound and and go off and do something. But that's working for them for whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, that didn't that work, would be didn't a fast work in the World Series for them. Didn't work it well, <laughs> yeah, because they decided that uh, Snell was done. But uh, yeah, yeah. if uh, if it comes down to Houston versus Rays, I think that's going to be a fascinating series as well. And the reason I'm discounting the Chicago White Sox, by the way, is because they've kind of been on cruise control for most of the season. They really haven't beat up the teams they've had to beat up. Even when they got all their guys back from injury, they didn't really uh, turn on the Jets like everybody expected. Uh, they've got a losing record on games on the road. Uh, I, I just don't know that they're the battle-hardened team that you need to be to, to do something in the playoffs. So I, I think that uh, while we're both sort of dis- seem to be dismissing them, I think it's for good reason. So, yeah, I, I'm not dismissing them. I think I think Larusa's made a mistake by. I don't think Kimbrel's happy in the eighth inning. No. I, he's not, and 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 Rodon pitched all right last night and and looked pretty good, but his his fastball's been down, uh, and uh, Hendricks is really good most of the time, but he can be not not good all of a sudden, I, and that's I mean I, that's picking that's really uh, pick and fly eyelashes out of black pepper. I mean because Kendricks is a stud. No, don't get me wrong. I but I just think I just think that uh, when you've got Kimbrel and Hend- Hendricks, it's just I know it sounds good, but I think it's just too much of one thing. And, yeah. and I don't think the personalities line up very well there. And I don't think that, and, and I don't think LaRusso's personality lines up with any of them guys. I think they're winning because they're just better. And, and when they're, when, the, when they need somebody to bring some cohesion to them, I don't think LaRusso's doing that. And I think if, if there's, and that's, you know, that I think is part of the reason that they don't travel so well. And I, uh, I just think, I, I I agree with you. I think they're just they're just stumbling and, and they're going to be sitting on there and they're cold and they're coming in there and they could look up and be down three games before before or two games in a five game series before they spit and uh, then and Keiko's not been good in the postseason and uh, they just I just think that yeah I just think unlike you I don't I they'll fight but I just don't think they'll win. Yeah, there's a couple teams in the American League that I think it's just not quite their year. Uh, certainly the White Sox have the talent. I just don't think they have the experience to do what's necessary to, to get themselves to the playoffs. And you're right. The, uh, the leadership is a little, it seems a little sketchy, um, this year. It's, La Russa seems to, 
be there, but not really there and not maybe communicating with his players the way they are. We've heard certainly a lot of anecdotal um, things uh, out of Chicago that seem to suggest that. The other team I think is is uh, talented and not quite their year is Seattle. And they've done some, they did some odd things at the trade deadline that kind of ended up working for them, I guess. But uh, they're going to be a team to watch in the near future because of things that they've got going already. The, their farm system's excellent. Their uh, their their players coming up are are doing well. Uh, they do have some holes that are going to need to fill in the near future, but. Uh, they're going to have the ability to do that. So I, I think that uh, Seattle is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with soon, but uh, not this year, I'm afraid. So that, that's I, I, I think Seattle, I think Seattle and the Blue Jays are the fun, most fun teams to watch right now. Absolutely. I mean, when you when they're on the field, that they're they're Bo uh, Bichette hit that ball, beat the Yankees last night. Uh, they were down. The Yankees were up five zip. All of a sudden, they were down six five. What the hell? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and you watch, and Mitch Hanniger, uh, I didn't know whether he was going to be able to come back from all those injuries he had, but boy, he's been, he's been a force in the American League this year. Uh, and they traded for, uh, Toro and Toro's been magnificent for them. And their bullpen hasn't suffered. I, you yeah. know, that, you, you gotta say that, uh, you can say what you want about Trader Jerry, but, but by golly, he, he knew what he was doing there. Uh, maybe the, the guy he didn't, he would thought he was going to get, he didn't, but he did pretty well fill in the hole. So, um, I, I, they're fun to watch. And again, I don't think either one of them is going to win it this year, but boy, I sure like watching these play. And, and if I could stay up long enough to see the Mariners, I'd watch them too. Here's an update. Top of the six, uh, Glaber Torres has just hit a homer, and that was, came on top of another run that I didn't notice. Uh, the Yankees have just jumped out in front of the Blue Jays, five to two. So that could uh, help <laughs> the Yankees' cause for sure, uh, and uh, put a, a monkey wrench into the Blue Jays' hopes if that score holds up. But we'll see how that one goes. But, uh, but it's good be for the Mariners. After we're done. It's good for the Mariners. That's that's true because. They need some team to sort of take charge for that first slot and some team to go away or, or, or start playing badly. And if it's the Blue Jays, then that uh, certainly uh, uh, solidifies their chances. And right now, it looks <laughs> if things finish up the way they are right now, Yankees would have the number one slot and the Red Sox would be tied with the Mariners. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, and, and, the, and the Mariners... The Mariners have the, have the privilege of sitting out there and watching the team's knees beat each other to death. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. What, well, what they've done against the Oakland A's is fascinating. I, I can't believe that Oakland basically has stuck the fork in themselves. It, it seems like and, and mailed. It seems like they've mailed in September. I, I don't know what their total record is for September, but it, it isn't good. They're three and seven in their last ten, and I keep getting swept by the Mariners. Uh, what whatever magic uh, Jerry Depoto's group has over Oakland is uh, is working very well. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a mess, and 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 Bob Melvin's a good manager, and but I think I think Oakland's a victim of of their inability to hold on to the good players. I mean. Why is Simeon not with Oakland? You, you, you've got a guy like Marcus Simeon. He's, he grew up there. Washington turned him into a great infielder. He's, he's clubbed 44 homers this year. Uh, who's playing second base for you? 
You had you had Elvis Andrus at shortstop for Pete's sake. I, I you know I just think they just they remind me of a, of a, they just say well I could get two percent better if I do this but when the Rays do that they actually get two percent better and yeah. and the A's seem to get the A's seem to go back. I mean you go back to the Donaldson trade, Brett Laurie. I mean really uh, the, you go back there and the A's always seem to trip over it and, and I. I've said for a long time, Billy Bean's not a good general manager. He's not. He's not won anything that was winnable. I mean, and he says, oh, I can't win the postseason. Well, what the hell are you doing? Isn't yeah. that your job? Isn't that your job to get your team into the postseason with a chance to win? And he says his stuff doesn't work in the postseason. Maybe he should get somebody's stuff who does. Imagine I, the I, difference in, in the uh, fortunes of the Blue Jays and the A's had Simeon been re-signed with Oakland. They, they spent a little bit of money and, and kept him on the on the payroll. That would have been a, a big turnaround. Everybody talks about uh, Vlad Guerrero being the the MVP of of the Blue Jays and possibly the league, but uh, it's Simeon who's uh, really come on strong this summer and and has uh, almost matched what uh, Vlad has done. Well, the right side of their infield's got 85 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty that's good. That's crazy, yeah. I that, think you take that, right? Yeah, we're talking about the infield for the Braves almost all having 30 homers, uh, 85 out of first and second base. Yeah, that, that'll that'll play. Yeah, because has got 26, <laughs> I think. Yeah, so there, there's a, a lot of thumping going on out there that uh, Oakland would really dearly love to have right now. Uh, but there you go. That's that's the way they are are being run right now, and and it's not necessarily a good thing. The Las Vegas Athletics, because uh, <laughs> they aren't going to get a stadium in in Oakland. They're just not. No, they're uh, not. It's just, just the money. California is just in too bad a shape, and and uh, they weren't going to get it anyway because the environmental requirements for the, out there was just going to be too much. Uh, you, you look at what they've done to other things that they tried to build out there that were related to actual, you know, uh, fi- uh, power stations and and other things that are needed for the utilities. And and uh, you say, well, if they can't build that, how are they going to build a ballpark? Yeah, and the A's uh, came up with a, a a plan for you know a ballpark and infrastructure around it and 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 retail and and housing and all that that. Uh, Sort of mimicked the model of what we've seen all around uh, uh, the league: St. Louis, Colorado, the uh, the Battery, Atlanta, and the city council basically said, "No, uh, that's not their plan. We've got." <laughs> and so well, they don't mind the building that they weren't going to build any streets so people could get to it. Well, not only that, but uh, they they took all the housing and decided to they want to make it low cost, affordable housing, which is kind of a laugh in San Francisco anyway. But uh, uh, th- that uh, essentially destroyed the entire plan right there. Yeah, I, I just don't think you know that. I I just think that Oakland Oakland is really one of the smaller um, uh, draw areas of, of, for a major league team, and I think that. That and being in California is going to hurt. And that's what I look at yeah. these, the people who want to put teams in the Portland. And I say, really? <laughs> no, ain't going to work. Uh, I want to put team in, in, in Mexico. Really? No, that ain't going to work either. Uh, you, you just, I know expansion's a great idea. Um, but you, if you, you keep diluting the product, uh, eventually it's not the product anymore. And, and you have to be realistic about, who can afford to go to the games? And I'm going to tell you the, the average family in Mexico can't afford to go to the games. And there aren't enough people who will go to the games in Portland to support a team. Um, be great for them. Be great for the Mariners. But 
you know, that just isn't going to work. I don't think it will work. And I really don't think Nashville's a place either because, gee whiz, we need, the next team needs to be west of the Mississippi, doesn't it? Yeah, that that's the problem. Uh, Nashville, I think, could support a team. Um, oh, yeah. As it is, they've got a NFL team and a, an HL team. But yeah, you can't take a, a team out of the West and put them on in the uh, Central Time Zone. Really, that that just doesn't work. I don't know that Las Vegas works either, personally, because if you're going to, even if you can get a million or two million people to the games. There, what you've got is a whole lot of vacationers out there who don't aren't really loyal to a particular team, and whereas you could probably pull it off with the NFL and the Raiders, that's only once a week for a, for a limited time of the year. But to do it uh, six months and and eighty one games, that's a tall order for for a yeah, town like and they uh, say Las well Vegas. the uh, ice hockey team doesn't yeah, but the ice hockey team draws eight thousand people. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's in, it's indoors. And, you know, you're, you're wearing a coat because you're in an ice arena. And, uh, it's just, it, it's not 81 games. That, it, it's just, there's people just, well, you know, they do, they do this. The bank got a bad, they've got a basketball team and they've got this. Nah, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. And Dansby has another hit. Um, Dansby does, yes. I <laughs> so think, what do you do? Just, Vancouver? Uh, yeah. place like that? Ba- Vancouver's not a bad idea, but they're not much bigger. Um, I just, uh, nobody likes my idea, but I'm telling you, we have too many teams. We have too many teams. I would, I would, we do. I would merge the, the, the Marlins and the Rays, and I would merge the, the Oakland, Oakland with either the Angels or the Dodger or Angels or the Giants, and I would drop this to 28 teams, and I would get this, get this back to something kind of normal. I, I, I just think, we, we've got way too many teams, uh, and if you want, if you look at the players, we've got too many pitchers who shouldn't be in the wearing a major league. I mean, you know, you've got guys 36 years old who throw the ball once, they're out for on, on injury for on injury list for six weeks because they they pulled an old muscle, and um, you got people coming in to getting contracts who really shouldn't don't have the talent to play against these younger guys. And you wonder why, um, wonder why games are taking so long and you wonder why people are injured. And I just think, I just think there's too many teams and they're, they're, they're badly organized. Sea League, it's the only thing Bud Sea League had right when he got in office. We have too many teams. We need to drop a number. And then he added to a team. So, yeah, because that didn't go over well with the owners, unfortunately. Well, no. <laughs> As uh, you would got, expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, of course, they got their $2 billion they want to get back. That's right. Uh, and I understand that, but there's got to be a way. You know, if you if you want to save the sport and you want to you want to keep the sport competitive and you want you know if you merge the merge and this isn't going to happen but if you merge the Rays with the with the Marlins you have a ballpark yes and and, it, and we give it hell but it's a nice ballpark and you've got then you automatically have competitive team and uh, you have money and you have a, a, a minor league system that's probably the best in in either league and all of a sudden. Um, and I just, it, I, it's not going to happen. I know that I, there's a zillion reasons not for it to happen, but there, it's probably not the answer. And, and certainly splitting your season between Tampa and Montreal is not the answer either. No. Uh, so I don't know what, what baseball's going to do. They're going to trip and stumble until somebody goes bankrupt doing this. It's, yeah. it's not well, 
that that gets into a whole other discussion that we're going to table for another time <laughs> about uh, uh, the minor leagues and, and the player development and how to get uh, more talent to the majors. But uh, uh, we've got an entire offseason to discuss things like that uh, coming up here in the next couple of months. But before then, we're going to have some playoff baseball because it's looking really good for the Atlanta Braves right now, and we, we expect good things next week. But uh, – I think we're going to stop right there and we'll, we'll call it a day, uh, for this podcast. We appreciate you checking in with us each, each and every week that we do this and glad if you subscribe to us and, and keep up with us and, and keep, uh, checking out the content that we're trying to crank out on tomhawktake.com and hopefully it helps, uh, increase your enjoyment of Braves baseball as we are all fans together and we're are hoping for good things to, to come so thanks so much we'll see you next week this post clinching and pre-playoff edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast I think there are medications for that right is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of their participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, well, you know about our budget. All rights reserved. Two of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These were pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Still Picking and the Figly Frag, which were modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomHawkTake.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, as we promise that we are not moving this podcast team to Las Vegas. We'll see you out there for the next inning. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.